This is not about you managing your time better or you trying harder or something being wrong with you. If your self-care isn't supporting you, it's the self-care that needs to be tweaked. It's the plan or approach that's broken, not you. Hey, I'm Mia Hemstad. I'm a wife, I'm a mom of two kids, and I'm a trauma-informed self-care coach. I also live with diagnosed PTSD and depression. I started sharing my mental wellness journey online in 2017 when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. And since then, I've heard from hundreds of women who all struggle with the same thing, putting ourselves last. This is a struggle that's keeping so many women burned out and unhappy, through no fault of our own, by the way. I've been working on my own healing as an abuse survivor since 2013. But when I became a mom, I really started to do the inner work of figuring out why I was putting myself last and how to start prioritizing myself for the first time in my life. This podcast is about sharing all of those lessons with you. So if you're interested in hearing honest stories, life advice, and inspiration that encourages you to make your health, happiness, and well-being a priority, then definitely stick around. Welcome to your No Longer Last journey. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. This is the fourth episode in this special series. Next week will be the last one in this series where I've been sharing all of my tips and strategies and approaches to help you practice self-care in your everyday life. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Let me know if it has. I would love to hear from you. But today's episode is really special to me because it's a great well it's an episode that is sharing some tips that i developed as i worked through my own debilitating perfectionism and my own attachment to grind culture hustle culture and kind of just that unhealthy self-help personal development space that was really pushing content that wasn't for women and was not for mothers especially especially not for mothers um And so this, what I'm about to share with you today is how to make self-care more sustainable. So building a self-care practice in any way, shape, or form is essentially building up a habit. And if you were anything like me as an adolescent, you might have gone overboard with trying to find the best ways to be the most efficient, the most successful, how to achieve, how to be productive, all of that kind of content Maybe you were obsessed with it. Maybe you were that kid that had a planner way too early, who set really unrealistic goals and expectations for yourself, who had that like minute by minute schedule of your day, and then you woke up 15 minutes after the time you anticipated and you felt debilitating anxiety because now your entire day was going to be ruined because you couldn't slot in your minute by minute activities. Maybe for some of you, you're like, wow, that sounds intense to me. That is absolutely not me. I'm very happy for you because it was a miserable way to approach my childhood. And I have a lot of compassion for that version of me because I know that I operated within such rigid confines and rigid mindset and debilitating perfectionism as a result because of the um, really difficult home I was raised in and that was my way of of coping Um, it was my way of trying to have control so when I was starting to practice self-care and use it as a tool of healing and self-love this ugly perfectionism and grind culture and all of these unhelpful things I learned reading all of these books that were written by men 
in their 40s, most of whom did not have children. I was, you know, all of that stuff that I ingested during my formative years started to rear their ugly little heads. And what I mean by that is I would set the self-care intention to exercise more. And immediately I was trying to do the most difficult and intense workouts for 30 minutes to one hour at a time every single day at an hour that was completely unrealistic, right? You know, the whole wake up at 5 a.m., start your day early before everybody else in the world. It's like, why do we have to start our day before everybody else? This is weird. Um, yeah, and I, and I don't know if you've realized this, but a lot of these self-help books, they're written by men and they are giving tips that don't apply to you if you, let's say, clench your jaw all night and, you know, need a couple more hours to come to in the morning. Or let's say you have, you know, debilitating nightmares that cause you to wake up with immense anxiety. You can't just go do an intense workout. Or maybe you're breastfeeding five times a night and you really should not be waking up at 5 a.m. before everybody else. Um, and instead, other people should be waking up and taking care of you. <laughs> um, you know, I was really struggling with living in this new life of being a mother and having all of these, um, all of my anxiety and depression started really surfacing because guess what? As I started to develop self-awareness and acceptance of the fact that I was abused as a child, I started to really feel my feelings and have a lot of anxiety and depression. And so I needed to take care of myself in a brand new way, but I didn't know how to separate the kind of habit building tips and grind culture mentality that I learned from all of the years of self-help that I had ingested. And when I became a mom, quite frankly, I felt very much abandoned by the personal development space. I was really struggling with where to turn to. And even when I looked up books that were written by mothers and written by women, they honestly were the same exact advice that men wrote, but just like the books were had pink on them. So it was really disappointing and I felt really lonely in it because my perfectionism was so debilitating, you know, that it, it made it hard for me to do anything. You know, I had this mentality, this all or nothing mentality that if I can't do a 30 minute workout, then what's the point of doing anything at all? If I can't make myself like a salad with all the protein, healthy fats, fiber, multicolored vegetables, then I might as well just eat a piece of bread for lunch. If I can't you know, it, you know, insert thing there. You know, if I couldn't do something perfectly, then what was the point of doing it at all? And I had this all or nothing mentality that kept me stuck in the burnout cycle. And it really was hard to break because I had developed that perfectionism as a way of protecting myself when I was living in an abusive situation. And it worked, it worked for a very long time. My perfectionism is the reason why I had really high SAT scores and exceptionally high grades. It's the reason why I graduated as valedictorian of my university. It's the reason why I was able to land a job immediately, even though I was three months pregnant and vomiting like every hour. Um, you know, it's the reason why I've always been able to land raises. It, it's, it has helped me survive. And my brain does not and did not want to get rid of that. Um, but it's the same thing that helped me survive since I was a child was also uh, contributing to my demise in a, you know, I know that sounds dramatic, but I was really needing some self-care and yet this perfectionism and this all or nothing mentality really made it difficult to approach it. And it really made self-care miserable. It's like here I was trying to do these hit workouts, the high intensity interval training, absolutely hated it. I would feel like throwing up when I was doing it. I would feel dizzy and, you know, because I was dealing with jaw clenching for several years, I had really bad jaw clenching. I would wake up every morning with a migraine. I'm not kidding you. 
Um, that was at the beginning of realizing that I had been abused and, and it all flooded in my nervous system all at once. And it resulted in just a lot of chronic pain. Um, I did not need to be doing high in interval intensity training or whatever it's called. I really, that was not what my body needed, but my perfectionist brain was like, if we're going to exercise, we're going to do the most. If we're going to make eight healthy, we're going to do the most. If we're going to, you know, uh, tackle our finances, we're going to do the most. 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 And it made me miserable and it made my self-care, uh, um, sporadic. Nothing was consistent. Nothing was sustainable. Nothing was realistic and nothing was supportive. So if this is where you're at or you recognize what I'm talking about, this episode is really going to help you because through this process of trying to figure out a way to support myself, I had to come up with a new approach to self-care. So what did I figure out? Basically, I realized I needed to ask myself three questions every time I found myself struggling with self-care or every time self-care didn't really feel like it was replenishing me, right? That was the goal. Not achievement, not success, not being better than anyone. It was just about replenishing me. And so I asked myself, how can I make this self-care practice easier? How can I make this self-care practice more enjoyable? And how can I make this self-care practice more accessible? Easy, enjoyable, accessible. Those are the three things you need to be thinking about. Anytime your self-care is not doing it for you. This is not about you managing your time better or you trying harder or something being wrong with you. If your self-care isn't supporting you, it's the self-care that needs to be tweaked. It's the plan or approach that's broken, not you. And so that's something that I kind of like that was revealed to me, like when I went through this process of like a lot of kind of introspection of like trying to get to the bottom of this. And I realized if my self-care is not working, it's the plan or the approach that's broken, not me. And I realized that I, this perfectionism was the result of, you know, me trying to fix my brokenness, like you know, viewing myself as an abuse survivor as inherently broken. Like maybe that's why I wasn't loved or taken care of the way that I deserve, right? Because there's something wrong with me. And my perfectionism was the, re was the result of that. It was me trying to make myself so perfect that, you know, that I had to be loved and accepted, that, that finally someone would love or accept me. And it turns out that it had nothing to do with me, the reason why I was abused and that that perfectionism was not kind to me and I needed to let it go. I needed to acknowledge that it served me up to a point, but that it was that I was safe now, that it, it's, it's finally safe to just do what's best for me rather than trying to be perfect for everybody else. And so it really helped me to see that when we create plans and structures around self-care or habits, that we need, when it's not working, instead of blaming ourselves and thinking that something's wrong with us or that we're broken, we need to instead go, oh no, the plan's just broken. Not me, it's the plan. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach this differently and I'm gonna ask myself these three questions. How can I make this easy? How can I make this enjoyable? How can I make this accessible? So I like to give the example of my yoga practice because my yoga practice has been with me for a very long time now and it has really helped me a lot and um, it wasn't always this way. You know, I used to post on my yoga practice every morning on Instagram. I have since stopped because it, I realized I 
started to become more externally focused and it really needs to be a time where I'm focused on how I'm doing inside. But a lot of you who've been following me for a long time have probably seen me, you know, post my yoga that I genuinely do it almost every single day and I've been doing it for years. And while it looks like, wow, it must be so easy for her or like she just does it every day, rolls out her mat and shows up and does her yoga, it was not always that way. Um, like I said, I started out with my like, oh, I want to exercise more to help my mental health. And I started out trying to do these like crazy intense workouts for 30 minutes every single day at an hour that didn't even work for me, like at 7 a.m. or some nonsense. And when I started asking myself these three questions, I dug into each of them one at a time. So I was like, okay, HIIT workouts are not working for me. They're too intense. I hate them. I feel like crap when I do them. I feel dizzy after. I feel like crap after I do them. How can I make this easier? Like, why does this have to be hard? If I have to do this every day, like I need to make this easy to do. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it because I could I already could see like I wasn't showing up consistently because it made me feel so awful. So inherently by making the workouts hard to do, I just wasn't doing them. So then I was like asking myself, what would be easy to do? I'm like, well, something that didn't require all of this insane jumping and something that wasn't, you know, so intense. And so I was like, okay, let's be honest with ourselves right now, Mia. Like we're not doing great physically. We're struggling a lot with our mental health. We're, we're dealing with a lot of chronic pain. So why are we adding more to that mix? And so I decided to switch to yoga and you know, it's slower, it's calmer. There's no jumping involved. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely easier. Check. Got that figured out. Okay. So I'm doing yoga and then I'm still realizing like this is still not sustainable. I'm struggling to do it every day. Why? And then I look deeper and I realize, okay, this isn't enjoyable because I am doing, um, there's different kinds of yoga and I was doing the type of yoga that was still quite challenging and required like downward facing dog and technical balancing poses and just different poses that were beyond my level of yoga. Like I was not able to do it. And every time I put my head upside down, it just made my, my, my headaches worse. And I was like, okay, this is really not working for me. So I decided to switch from yoga to gentle yoga, which really honestly is just gentle stretching. And most of it was done seated. So no upside down poses, no balancing poses, just sitting on my butt, doing stretches, that, you know, hip openers, you know, gentle, like back, low back stretches, like pigeon pose, like all these like really doable, um, really doable, gentle stretches. And I was like, okay, this is a lot more enjoyable. Now I feel like I'm relieving myself of all the tension in my body that I wake up with from a night of nightmares and a night of clenching and tightening my muscles from all the anxiety in my body. And I started to really feel that I chose a form of exercise that helped me release a lot of that. And so that became way more enjoyable. I started to look forward to my time on the mat because I knew it was going to be a time when I was going to release a lot of pain and I was going to feel like I was pouring into myself. And so that helped it become more enjoyable. Um, and then after a few weeks of that, I noticed it was still getting hard to get on the mat and I was feeling bummed because I know how much it makes me feel good, but I was having a hard time showing up for the practice. And instead of blaming myself, I was like, okay, what's missing here? And that's when I realized that the 20 minute, 30 minute practices I was trying to do were just too long. At the time I had like, 
I think my daughter was like eight months old when I started my daily yoga practice and my son was like a little over two and it was, and I was starting to work full time from home and it, I mean, time to yourself in the morning, it's, it's rare, it's hard to find and I really wanted to do my yoga or my stretching in the morning before work. It made the biggest difference. And so I decided to let go of perfectionism and my desire to do the most and cut my yoga time in half. And so I decided I would rather show up for 10 minutes of yoga a day than be sporadic with this practice and show up every once in a while for 30 minutes, you know? So 10 minutes a day it was. And all of a sudden, here I was showing up every day for gentle stretching that I found easy to do, that was enjoyable, and that wasn't so long that I couldn't fit it in. Like I could never make an excuse. I could always find 10 minutes. I mean, I definitely spend that much time scrolling on my phone in the morning when I feel overwhelmed. So I decided to swap that out and be like, okay, no, we're going to roll out our mat. We're going to show up for this. And yeah, that's like a really concrete example that I hope can inspire you and kind of make you think about your own life in this way of how, you know, something so beneficial to me would never have come into my life in this way had I just thought I'm broken, there's something wrong with me, I'm not able to stick to anything ever, I'm not able to follow through, when really I just needed to approach it in a new way. I needed to make it easier, enjoyable, and more accessible. And when I say accessible, I really mean lower the bar. Like how are you making this self-care practice more complicated than it needs to be? And is that complexity keeping you from doing it at all? Like, wouldn't you rather do that self-care practice in the most minimal way possible and, and reap some benefits than not do it at all and reap no benefits at all? And then the last thing I wanna point out, particularly when it comes to movement or exercise, because exercise has been proven time and time again to be such a good thing for our physical and mental health which is why I really encourage everyone to find a form that works for them, is I actually stopped calling it exercise because I realized that calling it exercise was very like reminiscent of grind culture for me and all of the advice from these 40-year-old dudes with no kids were telling me to wake up at 5 a.m. and put in an hour of exercise and go to the gym. And I started calling it intentional movement instead. It just felt less threatening to my brain. It felt less overwhelming and so I just want to remind you like you have full permission to rename things so that they feel more fun to you more enjoyable more exciting for you you don't have to go with the norm you get to approach you get to define the approach that you're going to use in your life in order to make self-care a sustainable practice in order to make it doable so yeah for me it's called intentional movement and it's i always ask myself how i'm going to move my body intentionally today and you know that yoga practice has just been there for me and has helped me connect with my body in a way that as an abuse survivor you know, we learn to dissociate from our body because of the harm done to us and showing up on the mat to connect with my body physically and feel the different sensations that different stretches and poses gives me really helped me restore that connection to my physical body. So I'm so grateful for that. And if I had let, continue to let perfectionism get in the way, I never would have found that. And so I just really encourage you to revisit some of the goals you had for yourself or some of the self-care intentions you set for yourself that you thought you just were never going to be able to follow through on or you're not capable of figuring it out and to revisit it with this this approach and see what you can come up with 
And also remember that you really need to be patient with yourself because, you know, I know I just walked through that whole story in like 10 minutes of, you know, tweaking my yoga practice to be doable and sustainable for me. But in truth, it took like months. It took months of tweaking and revisiting. And that's why I love the weekly wellness check-in because instead of just like missing yoga for several days and then blaming myself and then not doing it anymore because I feel bad about not showing up for my commitment, I would revisit it again on Monday and go, okay, why did I stop moving my body? What happened there? You know, do I need to set more boundaries? Do I need, you know, more time, more energy? What's really getting in the way? Oh, I'm making it hard. I'm making it inaccessible and I'm making it unenjoyable. And so when I went through those three things, I was able to keep tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it week after week until I found what worked, what stuck. And that took months and that took regular weekly check-ins, which is why I strongly encourage the weekly wellness check-in because otherwise it's just too easy to go back to our hectic, busy lives and fall back into default mode and not revisit the things that we really want to figure out for ourselves. Um, and that could really make a difference for our healing. So yeah, I mean, I, I lean on yoga on good days and I lean on yoga on bad days too. When I am doing, you know, I restarted EMDR, which is a form of trauma therapy, and I can get really agitated and worked up. And it's just so nice to have this built-in practice that I've been doing for years, unroll my mat, and know that after 10 or 15 minutes of this reconnection with my physical body, that I can get out of my mental spiral, and I can get out of the past, and I can come back to the present. And so definitely use this approach to help you reconnect with yourself and to... Um, Give those self-care uh, goals you have another try. So we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, I'm gonna share some different tools that I use to make my self-care more easy, enjoyable, and accessible. And hopefully that will give you some ideas that you can try in your own life. Um, and yeah, so let's go ahead and take that break and I'll see you when we get back. Hey everybody, this is a friendly reminder that my 12-month trauma-informed self-care coaching program, The No Longer Last Journey, is going to be reopening with special bonuses on October 1st. If you have been wanting to have more support in your healing journey, in your self-care journey, I highly encourage you to join us. There are so many different aspects to this program, including a monthly coaching and community call, 12 classes, one per month of your journey to help you with different topics and tackling different things. And something I want to highlight in today's video is actually the private community. And this private community isn't like just an open space where people share, although that does happen and I love it when it does, but it's a space where I continue to pour into you on a weekly basis. So in this community, three times a week, I post different reminders and inspiration and encouragement to help you on your journey because we all know that sometimes we can join programs and forget about the password or the login or that we joined in the first place. I don't want that to happen to you on this journey. I don't want that to happen to you in my program. So on the beginning of the week, I post some compassionate accountability is what I like to call it. And it basically reminds you to set your self-care and boundary setting intentions for that week. And if you have any concerns or challenges that you want help with, you can leave a comment and I can walk you through that in the private community. So you don't have to wait till our monthly coaching call to get help and support from me. 
And then in the middle of the week, I post self-care encouragement. And this is an affirmation or a reminder or a way of approaching self-care or a challenge in your life to help encourage you to practice self-care so that you're not out there alone trying to find it within yourself. I wanna be there supporting you at least once a week on your self-care journey. And then lastly, I post another compassionate accountability reminder that helps you remember to reflect on your week. I want everyone to get really good at reflecting on all the ways that you showed up for your growth and your healing. It's so important that we celebrate ourselves and that we acknowledge our progress because it can be so easy for us to feel like we've not done enough or that we're not doing enough. And it's really important that we notice all of the progress, all of the steps that we've taken um, especially since I think in the healing space, a lot of us can get caught up on what we've yet to achieve or what we've yet to heal or what we've yet to overcome. And we forget to look back and see how much we've done. So those are the three types of posts that I post every single week in my private community. And sometimes I post, um, additional posts that are surprises or more encouragement and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I'm really proud of the fact that I have this component in my coaching program because I think it it's a commitment to you. It's a commitment to making sure that you are not left out there alone to figure all of this out on your own. I want to make sure that I'm there to support you and coach you and encourage you week after week, not just once a month in the private coaching calls. So yeah, if that's something you're interested in, as always, I've linked to the program in the show notes. And if you have any questions, you can always DM me on Instagram or email me. Um, I'll leave all that info in the show notes as well. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll get back to the episode. All right. Welcome back. So I'm really excited about sharing these different tools because while they might seem really simple and obvious, you'd be surprised how many of us don't take advantage of these things in order to help make self-care more sustainable, more doable for ourselves. So something that I love is creating uh, playlists, music playlists. Music is something that for me is very, very spiritual. And so it, it just changes my mood, makes me feel better. And so I encourage you to try making a music playlist. Maybe you struggle to wind down at night and your self-care goal right now is to improve your wind down routine so that you feel more relaxed before you go to bed. Is there, are there some songs that help you get in that headspace of relaxation and ease and comfort? Can you put them in a playlist? And as you're brushing your teeth at night, you make it a part of your practice to hit play on that playlist and listen to those songs before you go to bed. I know for me, there's an artist, her name is November Ultra, that's her stage name, and I absolutely love her music, and I put it on at night, and I do some stretching, and just really allow her voice to wash over me, like that's the best way I can describe it, it's absolutely beautiful, she's such a gorgeous artist, and it really helps me, so I have a playlist of hers that I listen to at night before I go to bed and I have a different playlist of different songs that I listen to in the morning when I drink my coffee and it just gets me in the right mindset for the day. Um, so definitely use that to help make your self-care more enjoyable. Um, another tip that I recommend people use is use your alarms on your phone. Like It doesn't have to just be for when you need to wake up. So a lot of you know that I struggle with my sleep and so one of the things that I struggle with is bedtime procrastination. And so I have an alarm that goes off at 
so that I'm forced to get up, turn off the TV, stop scrolling on my phone and start the process of unwinding and getting ready for bed. And this really has been helping me be lights out at 1030 so that I can get a full eight hours of sleep before my kids wake up the next day. And that has been hugely helpful. Another thing that's super helpful is calendar reminders, um, not just for actual appointments that you have, like with a doctor or a meeting, but like I have calendar reminders that go off once a week to check the mail, to do my business bookkeeping. Um, I put in calendar reminders, um, obviously for my therapy, but just different things that don't necessarily involve you meeting someone else, but just requiring that you make time and space for the things that matter to you, even if it's just a, an appointment with yourself. Um, another underrated, but really, I mean, I know it seems like we see this a lot on social media, but truly getting products that you enjoy can help you take care of yourself. So I have a lot of curly hair. Um, I, sorry, I turned away from the mic. I have a lot of curly hair and, um, I hate doing my hair when I don't have products that work because then I'm fighting with my hair. My hair looks really dry if I don't have the right products. And it's really discouraging for me when I'm like spending so much time on my hair and after all this work, it still looks dry and it's very tangled up. So when I finally decided to invest a little bit more money in shipping the products that I need and that I know work, now I don't feel overwhelmed about washing my hair. Like I'm happy to wash my hair. I feel good about it and I feel good after I do it because I have invested time and money in getting the products that I enjoy. So I encourage you to do this with skincare as well. Um, and it doesn't need to be expensive. Like my skincare, I think overall costs 40 bucks and I, and it lasts me more than two months. Um, I use like Neutrogena and then like some local French pharmacy brand here for my cleanser, but just having skin, uh, skincare that I know actually helps with my adult acne and other things and my hyperpigmentation, it makes a big difference in me actually wanting to wash my face every night and take good care of my skin. Um, and I also want to note the same thing goes for clothes. Like, let's say you gain some weight and you don't want to get dressed in the morning because every time you put on those pants and they don't fit, you feel like crap. Buy one pair of pants with a stretchy waistband from a cheap store. Yes, I know we're all about sustainability and not buying cheap clothes, but if you don't have the budget and it's only one pair of pants that you know you're going to wear, just let yourself buy the pair of pants. I have bought pants from fast fashion and I wear them until they completely fall apart and I wash them well and take care of them and hang dry them. So they last me for years and I need those stretchy pants because my weight fluctuates and I don't want to feel like crap when I get dressed in the morning. And when I get dressed in the morning, I feel better. It boosts my mood. It makes me more productive and I'm not going to feel bad about myself and uncomfortable because I can't fit my jeans at this time. So I encourage you to see getting clothes that fit you well as a tool to make your self-care easier to do, more enjoyable, okay? It really is. Having the right kind of clothes that you can wear, like when you're on your period, for instance. For me, I have a whole separate set of pants that I wear and a separate set of underwear that I wear when I'm on my period so that it's easier for me to show up for my hygiene and it's easier for me to show up for getting dressed every morning. Um, and, and it doesn't cause all this emotional fuss. So those, those are some underrated tools. Um, another tool is creating a realistic schedule for yourself. And if you have a therapist or someone you're working with, or you just want to work on it with yourself, you can, but be realistic. Don't tell yourself that your day is going to start at 5 30, 6 AM when you literally can't get out of bed until your kid forces you to wake up in the morning. Like be honest with yourself about that. And if you don't have time to do a 30 minute workout, then do a 10 minute workout. 
create a realistic schedule and tweak it once a week. Look at how things went, what could have gone better, what went well, and keep tweaking until you find a realistic schedule that makes your self-care sustainable. Um, another thing that can is underrated tool, by the way, is affirmations. And yes, I know we see these a lot, but like really, truly find one or two affirmations that address specific things you're struggling with and repeat those and put them everywhere. It makes a massive difference when it comes to, you know, let's say you struggle with that all or nothing mentality and you affirm to yourself, I would rather show up for 10 minutes than not show up at all. I'm worthy of 10 minutes. 10 minutes makes a difference. I'm worthy of this time. I deserve to take care of my needs. No one can do this but me. You know, whatever you need to tell yourself, whatever resonates, define that affirmation and repeat it to yourself. It is a tool that can help make your self-care more accessible to you and more, um, more enjoyable because for me at least when I affirm that I'm worthy of this time that's what I would say when I would roll out my mat and my kids would be crying for me and I'm like it's only 10 minutes you're gonna survive it's only 10 minutes and I would say I'm worthy of this time I'm worthy of this time it over time that affirmation helped me release that guilt that I used to have in the early motherhood over taking care of myself and that guilt made self-care really unenjoyable and by affirming that to myself I was able to release so much guilt and yoga became the most enjoyable part of my day so definitely utilize affirmations. Um, and then some additional tools, a journal, you know, whether that is one that has prompts or an open flow journal where you just write or a planner that you love, like get a space that's just for your thoughts and feelings and emotions so that you can reconnect with yourself on a regular basis. You know, don't limit yourself to keeping everything in your head like have a space to do your weekly brain dump have a space to write how you're really feeling no matter how many f-bombs come out on the page it's it's underrated but it's such a helpful tool and i can't tell you how many journals i've i've worked through and i tried to force myself to journal on my ipad it just doesn't work it has to be on the page you know tech free distraction free and give yourself that space to be brutally honest about how you're feeling you cannot imagine how much good can come from that kind of honesty so those are the tools that I wanted to share with you hopefully they can inspire you to um, lean on some of your own and use some of your own that maybe have been sitting around like apps on your phone or meditation apps or anything that you could lean on to make your self-care easier enjoyable more accessible so that is all I have for you for this week's episode I um, wanna leave you with your affirmation of the week. And it is, if you are struggling to practice self-care, it's the plan that's broken, not you. If you're struggling to practice self-care, it's the plan that's broken, not you. So permission to change the plan, permission to approach it differently. You do not need to beat yourself up. It is not your fault and there is nothing wrong with you. So. I will be sending out that affirmation to my email list this week. Make sure you're on it, miahemstad.com forward slash letter. I link that in the show notes. Um, I send it as a phone background so that you can save it as your little screensaver um, and remind yourself every day to repeat this affirmation to yourself. And then lastly, the self-care practice of this week is what is one self-care practice you want to get better at? Ask yourself, how can I make this easier, more enjoyable, and more accessible? So go through that process, identify that practice, go through those questions. You can always email me what comes up for you, 
or you can share on social media and tag me at Mia Hemstad. I love to see your posts on Instagram. And that's all I have for you this week. Next week will be episode 17. And is it, it <laughs> excuse me. And it is the last episode in this five episode series where I have been sharing tips, strategies, and advice to help you overcome burnout. So thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you.